The Hit Mix 107.5 FM The Power Station The Power Station With Colin Curtis Thank you and good evening ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the long awaited return of Chapman of this at Club Berlin Special thanks first have to go out to Colin Curtis and Hugh and Clark on the ones and twos On piano we have Colin Thorpe On guitar it's Ivan Boo Blue Jones On bass really in the third and on the drums it's Mac Jewel. Give it up for Chapter the Verse and the Black Whip. Here we go. I have to come clean and swing it hardcore. This is the jazz swing. So what you waiting for? I get drunk in a 12 bar blue. You know I won't stagger so come on bust the move. Scope the style. I'm swinging hypnotic. So fair I'm a section 5 psychotic. I like to wear my tries upon the jazz notes like Barack Obama. I swing the black boat. A similar style, a similar feel, one thing for sure, it's gotta have swing, yeah. Learn the words, you might swing, this is talk about change, but never do they bring this close to the point of reality. While my people just rock with insanity, I say who are they to judge that another man? Should have the freedom of choice in his own hands, gripping you're the groom of apartheid, you hold the hand, here's the silver, now kiss the bride. While we are free to use bits of paper to keep the freedom of choice alive A child soldier somewhere in the world is born to decide who's going to stay alive Thatcher, I still loathe your name, so who you trying to fool with those protag aims? Aiming at the heart of the people, tax to kill was your policy, Cameron ideology Iron Lady, more draconian species, riddled with rust and spattered with feces As MPs slide down a slippery slope, they be living in caps with shock infested mode So let's use our votes to reject those who try to make our lives as pathetic as theirs.
Yes, you are on the Art Channel. It's Colin Curtis on Jazz Dance Fusion. It's Sunday afternoon and uh, we are off. First of all, I'd like to thank everybody that came along to the Vibe Party last night in Warrington. Fantastic night again. I mean, that was that was one of those because of the sunshine. We had the roof on, the roof off, the roof on, the roof off. Bit of rain, bit of sunshine, but fantastic day. And thanks to everybody who came along. And uh, this show today, uh, which I was going to schedule for later in the year, but I, I had such a response to the Berlin show that I did when I was down at We Out here that I thought, you know, I can't wait for this. So uh, I need to contact the man who was my... Uh, well, the man who really put me in, in into these places and, and uh, you know, was a fantastic support for me for many, many years and back in the 80s. And still has been ever since. And that is Mr Ewan Clark from Manchester. Good evening. Good evening. Well, it isn't evening, actually. It's afternoon. I know when Good you're afternoon. from Manchester, you think, well, if, you, if, I, if I'm up, it must be evening. Because, I mean, you have been a night elf for many, many years. So let's go all the way back. Let's go all the way back to, like, pre... Um, first of all, uh, when did you start collecting records? When did I... Th- oh, God. 19... No, 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 no. Tell the truth. I started in reggae. Yes, I started out in reggae, uh, me and my best mate Rupert. At one stage, I think, I was on my way to being a Rastafarian. Okay. And my mum told me I'm not going to ever live in her house if I locked my hair up. <laughs> that, that was the end of that story. <laughs> um, yeah, so I collected reggae for quite a long time. Um, I used to play at my dad's parties. Okay, were they blues parties in, in Manchester? Yeah, 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 definitely. There was quite a lot. So that, that would happen, what, in Hyde, in Moss Side? In Moss Side. And, and when would you first become aware of places like the Reno, for instance, in, in Moss Side? Um, when I used to sneak out the back window. <laughs> the um, same way I used, I used to, to sneak out the back window and jump down onto the air raid shelter and then down into the alley and take off. <laughs> as long as I got back in the house before my parents got up, everything was fine. And, and at that point, was was Persian playing in uh, in the Reno? He probably was, but um, I wasn't into soul at all. I was okay. definitely into reggae. You were a reggae man I'd, at that I'd, point. I'd go into the Nile, which was upstairs, and I remember going down into the Reno once. It was absolutely rammed. Yes. And it, I don't know what he was playing, but I just turned around. And at went at that point, would it, would it be right in saying that? Um, and that that would be what later seventies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at that point, well, I was right in saying that there, there was no black music nights in the centre of Manchester. Uh, there, there might have been, but I, I wouldn't have known of them. Yeah. Okay, I, I wouldn't have known. I know, them. I know my shaft. At that uh, point, I hadn't been in the in the in the town centre in Manchester. I'm, I'm still on the periphery. You know what I mean? Okay, so 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 you're living with your mum. Um, you're into reggae, so you're buying reggae records. And I, if I remember, there, there was a there was a shop that sold reggae on in Moss Side. On yeah, Paul Marsh. Okay. Yeah, Paul Mass record shop. Yeah, that's where we went and got everything that we wanted. And sometimes you used to go up to Birmingham and uh, buy some reggae records from. Well, if shop. you're in Manchester, you went there. You went down to Birmingham. Actually, unless unless it goes like like the day and night time, the the, the globe is upside down in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I think I found that out when I first came in the seventies. So, so you 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 started buying some records. I mean, what what made the change and what made the change to soul music? Um. A friend of mine gave me, um, a friend of mine called Beris, he was into this newfangled thing called jazz. And um, we'd moved from Mosside and moved to Waller Range. Um, so it was kind of like a, a step up a social ladder. Waller Range was totally different. They didn't listen to reggae in Waller Range. 
who were all listening to jazz, all the guys. And okay. I knew they were all jazz and jazz funk and stuff like that. And um, they were trying to sort of, like, you know, get me into listening to this jazz stuff. Okay. And they kept on and they kept on. And I remember um, hearing uh, Herbie Hancock album. And I think it was the, the Mr. Hands album. Yeah. And there was a track Which of course contains Shiftless Shuffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was a track on there called Sun Touch. Yes. I fell in love with that. Right. And that was it. After I heard that. Another uh, direction. Uh, another direction. I was aware that there was something else other than reggae in existence. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and we kicked off today with um, Chapter and Verse uh, Black Whip, which mm -hmm. uh, of course was taken from the Ivan Boogaloo Jones album uh, yeah. originally. Uh, tell me the story about that, because I mean, that... that that track became a part of, um, you know, it was something that we played at Berlin. Yes. Um, but tell me how that transcended with your friend Anif and how, how that record got made. Chapter and verse. I, oh gosh, I've, I've known Anif for years. Um, from when I first went into Rafted, he'd been a really, really good friend of mine. Um, he's a producer, he's a very strong-minded individual. Um unlike myself <laughs> <laughs> and, and very politically motivated uh. very politically yeah. motivated very vocal but you know he's a very strong individual and I really do like him you know as, as because, because that, that record was already uh, established in London I mean people like Bob Jones were on it and uh, later on of course Charles Peterson uh, etc but um, at this point you know he's then decided to put this rap over the top of it which must have blown him up in London as well it must have blown up chapter and verse well it did it did but I don't really know the ins and outs stories of that. I mean, that, that's something you need to talk to Anif. Okay. He, he'd be quite happy to tell you the entire story. I'm sure he would. But that, that track that he made, he sampled my... my um, Your Ivan Boogaloo Jones. Yeah, yeah. he took yeah. it off me. He takes quite a lot of stuff off me. And you said he did actually contact Boogaloo Jones to get yeah, the permission. Yeah, he did actually permission. contact Ivan Boogaloo Jones to sort of like give him some royalties. And yeah. He said that he wasn't interested. Well, there you go. Music from Berlin to 1986-87. A special guest, Mr. Ewan Clark. We continue. The story continues.
This is Jazz Dance Fusion. Nothing but the finest jazz dance flavors every week.
just the music that epitomised what was going on in Manchester at that time at Club Berlin. Uh, chosen there by my very special guest, Mr Ewan Clark. We kicked off with Don Latorsky and a track called Haven. Uh, that was a track called Beginning Song, sounding absolutely brilliant. Don Latorsky on acoustic and uh, classical and electric guitars. Uh, Jack Bedecki on keyboards, Tom Grote on drums and Mark Schneider on the bass. And then into an absolute jazz dance classic, Chet Baker meets Novos Tempos. Sal Sambo is the title track from the album and that was the track we played that I remember buying in uh, Paladin Records a uh, Paul Murphy shop in the East End of London and um uh, it wasn't actually the East End of London, it was the, the other end of London. It was his flat with the East End of London. But that was Sal Samba, Chet Baker on trumpet, uh, Richard Galliano on accordion, Rike Pantoja late on piano, Michel Pertou on bass guitar, and Jose Boto on the drums, and a nice little piece of drumming it was, uh, right at the end of the track there. And then, you know, up... Yep. Jazz, jazz giant. Shirley Scott. And uh, this is a track that you and Tosh me played, you know, at the beginning of the night before, before we even got there. And um, we'll talk about uh, who responded to that. But that was Hanky Panky. Uh, Shirley Scott's Latin Shadows album, all arranged and conducted by Mr. Gary McFarland. A little bit of bosser on there as well. And uh, that's on ABC Impulse and definitely uh, one to tuck away in your collection. So let's let's go back to uh, where we were. And mm. uh, so we've... we've uh, well, no. Let, let's talk, let's talk about let's talk about those records. Let's talk about Hanky Panky because I mean, you said that that was one you played. I mean, I, you you would kick off the night at Berlin, and, and Berlin was probably the first club where I played actually for three or four hours. You know, to mm-hmm. uh, previously it'd be an hour set or an hour and a half set, but no, to play for that long was a, a whole new mindset for me and opened up many options. But you would start the night off and uh, tell us the story of Hanky Panky then with Shirley Scott. Early doors. Um, there was myself, uh, all the Jad defectors were there, uh, Salts, Mark Swaby, uh, Barrington Wilkes, it was Cole Oily, um, Wayne Metcalf and Tony Blade. They were all there. And of course, for, for, for anybody who doesn't know, of course, Jad defectors ended up in the film Absolute Beginners Absolute as well. Beginners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, yes. Yes, that's right. But so, so they're at Berlin at, at this time, you know, yeah. early doors. So I, I'm basically playing for them. I mean, I loved the way that they danced. Um, it was totally different to what was going on in London. I mean, in, in London, the jazz dance scene was mainly fling foot. That, that shift. Well, well, there, there was various developments. I mean, for me, it started in Birmingham with with something that was more akin to um, you know what happened in Manchester, which is more of the balletic style with Lance Lowe yeah. and the Baptist yeah. Twins. Yes. They were more in yeah. that balletic. Because if you remember, I yeah. brought them up to Manchester yes. and brought yeah. them up to Smarties, I, in fact. I used to go up to Rum Runners in Birmingham on a Wednesday yes. night. That was a Monday um, night, actually. Was but it yes. A Monday? Yes. Yes, you said your memory night. was dodgy. Uh, I've still got my Rum Runners membership. Wow. And um, <laughs> I used to be amazed at the dancing. That's right. At that time, people like Bulldog, he was massive he was just muscle and yes he had a sister didn't he yes he did him yeah. and his sister used to well it, 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 that was that was smiler smiler and his sister yeah the, yeah two smilers sister. but Bull, bulldog was yeah well fit as a fiddle i mean he's still around today still yes, talk to him regularly he's, um, so i used to go up and see that ba- that ballet style yeah i remember some members of hot gossip used to come in there as well that's right and the, the way they used to dance and and, and the rumour on upstairs on I think it was every other Monday Duran Duran were practising upstairs <laughs> you couldn't make it up I, I mean because they got the all, all that new uh, yeah. new fashion stuff that was going on at the time as well but Birmingham uh, just dancing Sean Williams 
Sorry? Sean Williams and Dave Till were at the run on the year, yeah. but prior to that, I mean, the man for me who, who turned Birmingham in, in that direction was Graham Moore, which, you know, the club called Chaplains, um, you know, that was where Lance and uh, Baptist Twins, Rick and Ty, all these early dancers, uh, Sean Williams, uh, Peter Williams, uh, all all started uh, to ply their trade, and that's, that's what I, I saw massive potential in that, and... and uh, well, built them up. But what, what actually happened with that is that the JDs used to go up to Birmingham, Right. And they had certain people who they would copy their style from. So I can see where you were saying, you know, that Birmingham was, was doing it. That, that's what the JD did. They went up to Birmingham and saw a certain man. And they, they would kind of like imitate their style. Uh, but add their little twist to it. Yes. You know what I mean? And eventually, I, did, I mean, they started, like the Birmingham people, they started like in the dungarees and, and that end, but then they went on to the suits and, and, and all the rest of it, which uh, epitomised, you know, their final look. But I mean, in, in those early days, I mean, that was, um, you know, Berlin became um, a place where people would come, not, you know, a lot of people would come and not know the music and then grow into the music, but that became a huge family at Berlin. Uh, it you know, was. Different it sets was. of people were coming in. I mean, uh, Tomlin, I remember, uh, it was, again, uh, more, of, more of a Rasta, more, more, more of a reggae boy at that time. Yeah. Uh, asking for tapes of jazz. <laughs> and we had, of course, Mick Hucknall in the club. We had, we had a variety of... Dean, Dean Johnson, of course, from Expansion Records. We'd get Mike Pickering in, yes. in the days of Quando Quando. Um, I remember... Was was it them or was was a band called a Bew from something? Um, uh, I remember them on a on a, a a video in London. They were talking about Berlin, talking about you know this is a, this London thing is actually happening oh, wow. <laughs> in, in wow. Manchester as well. I mean, one of the most impressive things for me in Berlin is that women dance a lot in Berlin. Well, do, do you know what? I, I mean, we, we, we've, we've talked about the, you know, the evolution of, of the jazz dance scene. I mean, it, it started off with 10, 15 minute breaks at all days. Uh, people would dance in the centre almost like a battle or, or even just, just you're showing the moves. And people would tolerate that in that situation probably 15 minutes. And, and so we might have two of them. But then as it evolved, of course, those dancers wanted... To, to be dancing all day to that music and so the jazz room then evolved and epitomised in the early days certainly by more up-tempo tracks uh, and, and I, I knew when Berlin came along that this was a Tuesday night <laughs> and, and we'd, we'd had this slight gap uh, from Rafter's um, finishing and you know I just wondered you know this isn't going to work if I just come here and play 100 mile an hour jazz so you had to balance it out so I brought in vocal jazz mm -hmm. brought in samba jazz yeah. brought in the bossa novas mm -hmm. and eventually you know egged on by people like jazz defectors bringing in the mambo side of it as well and and that is kind of when when giles peterson dropped in because his best friend was a, was a regular at the club yes. with uh, yeah. andrew um yes. andrew used to keep coming up and asking for tracks and i didn't know it because he's writing them down then bringing yes. giles the next day i would talk to chris bangs about this the other week <laughs> he said you were supplying the playlist for what we were doing well, down was. there i mean jazz juice ones were all or Berlin classics. That's right, that's right. The Jazz Juice one was very much Berlin classics. And, and, cool. and then again, because I'd, I'd had run-ins with, with the London record companies, I'd turned down compilations uh, on many occasions at that time. I think I only ended up doing uh, the Mecca Magic one. I didn't, I didn't bother because it was just so much hassle. And, and you'd put in 20 tracks and you could only have five because of the licence issues. But um, yeah, Jazz Juice, uh, the Jazz Juice series 
certainly uh, paid a lot of homage to, to what happened <laughs> in Berlin. Whether it says that on the sleeve notes, I, um, I don't really know. I don't really care because we know what the truth is.
Greetings listeners, movers and shakers. I'm Jules Brennan and you're listening to Colin Curtis, Jazz Dance Fusion on the Hit Mix.
it's uh, 47 after 2, which means it's uh, nearly 10 to 3 if you if you work on that sort of scheme. Uh, with Colin Curtis, I'm a very special guest from Manchester and talking about the life and times of Berlin Club, uh, sort of 86, 85, 86, 87. Um, but we kicked off there with Ella Fitzgerald and an incredible version of Mashkinada. Uh, yes, he likes that one, you can tell. Uh, definitely worthy of picking up the album, but that is brilliant. I remember, I was just saying to you and off air that um, uh, one night, eventually, I, I played five Mashkinada one after the other so that uh, I think that people thought that I'd actually lost my mind but um, <laughs> it's been proved since that that is absolutely true uh, the next track was the incredible Catalonic Quake Band one album one incredible band over 20 musicians on this and it's absolutely insane if you think about the Northern Soul proms last night then uh, this is the jazz proms I mean if these guys got hold of them Northern Soul tracks especially Exus track that would be nice wouldn't it by the Catalonic Quake Band Luther Lingham's Exus track that would be really good uh, on the previous building show I played Cuban Candy but today we played Magnetic Fuss and uh, just incredible, incredible music and uh, this was a Saturday morning, I'd gone to Birmingham uh, to Jazz and Swing Records and as usual it was raining and, and uh, they got two shops, one was a shop frontage uh, for the public and then the other shop was all wire on the front and uh, stock, I was in the stock room for about two hours, I didn't find much stuff that day and I went back in and he, he uh, gave me a pile of records to take upstairs and play and that was one of them and uh, Cuban Candy was the first track to hit Berlin, the following Tuesday but um, incredible piece of music and I remember also playing it in 86 at the Bogner Regis weekend I did a radio show with Giles Peterson and uh, played it on that show I've still got the tape of the show I sent it to Giles in fact um, not quite as in great condition but there's enough there and and Anif actually I, I sent a copy to Anif at the time and I talked about Anif on the show okay. um yeah, I think I likened him to something in the swimming pool because we could see the swimming pool <laughs> from where we were doing the radio show. Uh, but I went back onto Giles' show about five years ago and played it again. And on that day, he eventually got one of the studio producers to buy it for him off Discog. So uh, <laughs> he got there in the end. And then uh, we finished off what was which is an absolute classic. was uh, probably... Uh, similarly time with the south and the north of England this one but Barbara Carroll and you know, Chris Hill used to hang with us and Bob Jones uh, Paul Murphy as well but uh unbelievable track from the beginning mm. and that is in fact Barbara Carroll and there's three examples I'm going to shout out a few uh, people who are in chat Lincoln, Lincoln Charles from Manchester he takes more photographs than Kodak um, Steve Rogers Derby we've got Sebastiano Chodin from over there in Italy we've got Julian Paul Brennan in Kyoto uh, we've got Andrew Nicholas who will be riding around somewhere in Wales no doubt lost or uh, trying to find the next petrol station so he can go home Glenn Worthington GW that's of course uh, Wolverhampton's flying uh, Tony Poole over there in the Costa Blanca. Uh, Pete Hague, who I was with last night, of course, uh, up there at the Vibe Parties up there in Blackpool. Rodriguez Esteban, who's, of course, um, a Scottish gangster, who's joined us again this week. And uh, he, 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 he pretends to be uh, a Scottish person, but he isn't. It's actually Rodriguez Esteban from uh, Aberdeen. Chris Lazari, who's been with me for a 100 years, uh, since the Blackpool Mecca days, and it's much, much appreciated. Dave Copeland, uh, who's been on the show we'll be coming back on the show in 2020 uh lee charles thank you for joining us sir he's been on the show and we'll also be back and he's on uh, i think he's on nick hosey's show this coming wednesday so that's going to definitely worth a listen uh jeff peck good afternoon to you sir mark bushel and uh, you know just run, running and running marshall Ming, marshall mingo of course over there in italy as well it, doubtless soaking up the sunshine we've run out of sunshine over here it would appear um but then let's go back let's go back to you and clark let's go back and talk um, I'm going to go even further back, just just to pick up on on that thread. You've ch you've changed 
you've come across Herbie Hancock and you started to get interested in that. So where did that lead you in terms of buying records and going to clubs? I, um, luckily for us in Manchester, we, we had um, a record shop called Yanks. We did. Uh, which 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 was run by a guy called Ed Balbier, mm-hmm. uh, originally called um, Global. Yes. Uh, Richard Sermon, in fact, used to work there at one point. Uh, me and Keith Mitchell used to go out there looking for Northern Soul in the early days. But then he, he did move to the warehouse, which was opposite rafters behind uh, the, the toilets there. Um, and that was a huge warehouse. Uh, y- Yanks, that was Ed Balbier, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you, I lived in there. Yeah, I know you did. I, I know you did. You just needed that big shopping bag and then stay in there all day. <laughs> but the pl- the prices at that time were very conducive with, with buying 20 albums in one hit. Um, uh, what later proved to be... I, I mean, John Hendricks came out of there. Yes. I yes. bet you thought I'd never find you. I remember you, the day me and you were in there looking through. And I remember I picked up the John Hendricks album. Yep. And showed it you. Yep. And you grabbed it out of my hand. I did indeed. I've not seen it. That's why I'm like mercenary. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I used to live in there. And um, one of the things was, I shouldn't really be saying this actually, but um, when I started working at Hacienda, there was a young lad that used to work behind the counter there. Yep. And he desperately wanted a membership card for the Hacienda. And I sorted one out for him. And he gave me some massive discounts. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I basically built the whole of my collection up. From uh, and then, yeah, well, as well as the discount, even without the discount, it was a very affordable place to go. Yes, I mean, uh, you know, most people for new releases would, would hit spinning. Uh, I mean, we played Don Latarski earlier on. I mean, Inner City is one of the labels that spinning started to stock almost every release, uh, you know, once it became obvious to people like Jeff Lorber and you know, all these other fantastic acts. We've got more, more Inner City stuff to come. Um, and so you, you virtually bought everything because there was going to be something on there. I mean, uh, yes. Judy Roberts was on yes. in the city. Yes. So Spinning spinning was the first port of call. I mean, Yanks was another. Did you well, ever go spin, to... Spinning was for all the new stuff. That yeah, that's right. All, all the old stuff that I'd missed in my regular days. I got them in Yanks and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd buy a Lonnie Liston Smith album and then I'd look who was playing the bass and I'd try and find an album by him, you know. That, I, I, that's how we progressed. I, I think, yeah, that's right. That's the internet. I mean, going back to the 70s on albums inside the cover, there'd be maybe 20 other albums yeah, I used to... Yeah. That's how I discovered Patrice Russian on Prestige, I discovered Azar Lawrence, um, you know, and then you get into the Mazel Brothers, and, and it just takes you on a ride. I mean, now, of course, we, we use the internet, but I mean, back in those days. So, so that was Yanks. What about Robinson's? Did you go to Robinson's? I went to Robinson's. I, I went to all of them. Um, because that, that's where my quartet Trebian albums came from. Robinsons, really? Yeah, because really? yeah, because I, I still haven't got that. You know, you, you know if if you look at um, you go back to Robinsons, they've got these huge cardboard from, from dividers uh, with all the stock information, handwritten on. And uh, I was looking for the Quartet Trebiana, and, and I think I bought seven albums, uh, and they were all in stock there. You know, all American imports, and they've probably been sitting there for years. Um, you know, because at one point, they, you know, they were very, very popular, but then obviously that, that had disappeared. And they were just sitting there. They were all mint, absolutely. But, you know, that early Royale's albums, all sorts of stuff uh, you'd find in there. It was an absolute treasure trove. So then, what about clubs? So you move on to clubs. So who, who got you into... Well, we actually... I, my, my first proper um, club was the Hard Rock in Stratford. Um, I started running around with a group, with a crew, 
that lived in in Charlton, and we used to go. So was that the Hard Rock Cafe? Was that the the big place? Yes. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I see uh, that. Peebles, I can turn the turn of that. Peebles was the DJ. Andy Peebles, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I remember he used to play Golden Years by David Bowie, which I quite like. Okay. Not knowing who David Bowie was, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just like the baseline. Um, so we used to go through there, and then we used to go down to Placemate. Yep. Um, lived in Placemate for years and years and years, and then I remember Placemate, of course, was the old Twisted Will. Yes, mm. yes, where the Twisted Wheel was, yeah. yeah. Um, Gary Davis would work in there. That's right. Well, well when, when we went there, in, I think it was 81, with uh, John Grant and uh, Mike Shaft started it, because Piccadilly backed in night called the main event on a Tuesday, and that absolutely packed on, on all two or three floors. So, um, and Gary used to check the microphone, pull me and get me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was he was the nephew of Ivor Abadi who owned That's the Twisted right, Wheel, yeah. and Ivor Abadi used to own like property in, around here. I used yeah. to play uh, wow. Ghosty Hall uh, in yeah. Cheshire for him. Yeah, he built me home a couple of times in his Rolls Royce. Yeah, but they did, um, they used to have different music in different rooms. I used to stay in Placemate One, which was basically the the, the jazz funk room. Yep, um, and then one night. Um, some strange dancers came in. Um, we were still doing upright dancing, you know, foot shuffle and yep. stuff. And then um, this black guy and two English girls came in and they were not dancing like we were. They were kind of like spinning around on the floor and going down on their knees and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, wow. And uh, I went over to the guy and um, said, excuse me, mate, what? Where do you learn to dance like that? And that was uh, Eric Harris. Eric Harris, yeah. That was Eric. He was wearing a, a sleeveless vest like they used to wear. We, we didn't wear anything like that in place, mate. You know, yeah. we still had shirt and tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he said to me, um, there's a club that I go to down the road called Rafters. And um, that was the first time I'd ever heard of Rafters. And the following week, I turned up inside Rafters um, with my 48 American... Uh, sweatshirt <laughs> and it was like I was born again it, was, it blew my mind because a lot of the stuff that I was buying out of Yanks I was hearing it being played yeah, know, a lot yeah. of jazz and stuff like that and yeah it, it was a combination I mean the, you, we started drafters in 78 you would have probably started coming along about 80 uh, 80, 80, 81 mm -hmm. um, but I mean yeah we, we it was one of those places where you could play in, in the same room, you know, John Clemmer, Ertel Marrera, McFadden and Whitehead, Kenny Burke, Philly Simon, all, all in the same room to the same people. Yeah. Uh, in those days, it, 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 it was kind of all-encompassing. So, uh, we'll, we've got to Rafters, we'll continue on the, on the road to Berlin. Uh, more music, this time selected again by my very special guest, Mr Ewan Clark. It's two minutes before three o'clock. Jazz dance. And fusion. Just to grow up wild and free Happy just to 
Bangs and you're listening to Colin Curtis's Jazz Dance Fusion. Nothing but the finest jazz dance flavours every week. Looking back at the years of Berlin, uh, from two th- well, it's 2023 now, Colin, but back then it was 1985-86. Uh, we kicked off there, and trying to let you know, you know, the balance of music that we played. I mean, this was a Tuesday night, and uh, we knew we weren't going to get away with 100 mile an hour stuff all the time, so the vocal stuff came in, the Brazilian stuff came in, and we kicked off there with a track called Now, written by Dave Mackay. Didn't he used to play left half for Tottenham Hotspur? No. Uh, Dave Mackay and Biggie Hamilton, of course, and uh, that was a track called Now, taken from the album Hands on Discovery. Discovery Records, you know, provided a lot of ammunition for us at that particular time. Uh, you know, early 80s, incredible releases, along with music 
Muse and, and many other labels. We then on to a band that was absolutely incredible and all signed on Capitol Records, Caldera, and uh, their version, of course, of type, well, it was their original version, written by uh, Earthwind and Fire's Larry Dunn. Uh, that was a track called Sky Islands, and a brilliant vocal version of that, which has been mentioned in chat today, uh, of course, by Diane Reeves. And, um, yeah, maybe another day, but not today. Uh, and then uh, we hooped off with Pat Longo. Uh, he's on alto sax. Dave Edwards on alto as well. Uh, Pete Christalib on tenor clarinet. Bill Perkins on alto flute and soprano sax. Uh, Mel Kunke on the clarinet and flute. Greg Smith on baritone. And Lou McCreary on trombone. Brilliant vocals on that as well. That was Pat Longo and uh, his version of uh, I Believe in Love, which was written by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> so... <laughs> Go you back, learn something every day. Go back again. Um, Sky Island, Earth, Wind and Fire. What Sky Island know? written by Larry Dunn from Earth, Wind and Fire. I never knew that. What do you do now? <laughs> so you, you, you've learned something and I've learned something in that yes. little batch. So, um, Eric Harris, you've got you've got into rafters, you've seen what's developed. But what, what's your actual thoughts when you saw what was happening in rafters? Compare, I mean, originally reggae, then getting into a little bit of the soul, also influenced by the Herbie Hancock, uh, Mr. Hans album, which influenced a lot of people, including Perry Louis. Uh, the Shovel is the name of his night, and we'll talk about that in a minute, because me and you are going down there to play live on the 17th of September. Um, so, you're now in rafters. What are you thinking? I was amazingly impressed. Amazingly impressed. Um, people dancing to music I'd never heard before. Um... I was never really a dancer, but I became a dancer in Rafters, just listening to what was being played. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the people who were there dancing at the time, people like Danny, who who was on the dance floor. Look, legendary four, Manchester dancer. Seven. Yeah. Uh, Marlon. Marlon, yeah, yeah. Marlon was there. And, and, and of course, we hooked up again with Marlon uh, back at the clouds all day is when we used to do those up in Preston. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that one. I think I had a, a battle of wits with Marlon you know, from the stage to Marlon shouting at me on the dance floor. Yeah. We, had, we had to manhandle him, didn't we? We did have to manhandle him. I talked to him all the time and I always mentioned that to him. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was and of yeah. course... Um, I've never had to do stand-up comedy and be heckled like that before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and of course, um, you know, all, all the dancers that were in there at the time and a lot of the female dancers that were in there, people like Kadia, people like Tracy Lockett. Yeah. I mean, some of the female dancers that were in Rafted were better than some of the men that were in Incredible there. dancers. And, and of course, uh, you mentioned some there. I mean, they, they were part of... Um, another development for me when I started playing house music at the, the playpen uh, you know they were very much part of that they would get up and, and support yeah. the house music yeah. because that, that they could dance to that that that, that was happening yeah. for them and it's particularly uh, the early Chicago stuff and yeah. uh, DJ International I mean that, that that was a good time as well but let, no let's stay, let's stay with Rafter so we, we what was developing there was incredible I mean I'm um, as, as well as the jazz funk, I mean, we've, we've talked about some of the artists that we played. Um, incredible that they were all mixed up in, in the same place and people were responding to that. But uh, some other spin-off clubs from that were Angels um, Burnley. and Burnley. Yeah. Um, you've got jazz funk all days, you're still happening at Manchester Ritz. Yeah. Do you ever go there? Yes, yes. Went to the Ritz quite a lot. Um, I remember hearing you play um, that Chick Corea track. I can't remember the name of it. Central Park? No. Tap no. Step? It, no, In My Life. Oh, In My Life, yeah. yeah. 
Yes. That was beautiful. I remember searching for that for years before I actually found that. Um, I heard a lot of good stuff that you played. This is this is one of the things why I I mean of all the DJs there, you became my favourite because I, I I used to see the way I learnt a lot from you. Just watching the way you watched the crowd and the way you moved them with music. I, I hadn't seen a DJ manipulate people that much. It's, you know, you got into their psyche musically. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I wanted to share at the levels I was thinking and, and you couldn't always attain that all the time. I mean, every audience wasn't um, playable. What, what gave you the opportunity to do that back in those days was the fact that you, you were the resident DJ in the club and part of that connection with the crowd was 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 the trust factor mm. you know people you know you didn't just have to play yeah. records they knew yeah. because they trusted you to think you know this guy mm -hmm. will put if, if he's playing it then you know let's give it a chance let's give it an opportunity and that, that allowed me to push the envelope allowed me to uh, to break records and and to break some incredible records that should never have been played in clubs and and, and, and but the, it, it, it was that trust i remember the the very last rafters um revival that we did and, and you know this was years after it closed just before the club actually disappeared as a club because it had been an electric chair yeah. um but you know the, the last one there some of the female dancers that you've just discussed there, i mean you were there i mean you brought four crates of records down which i've spent nearly all night playing because <laughs> uh, they were on vinyl and um you're just an incredible night, but the, you know, the memories of that club all came flooding back that night. You know the the, the connection with with records. You know the soul records as well. The Warnell Joneses. You know all 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 the underground records yeah. that that were very much a part of that that Manchester culture at that time. And of course we got um, a big support on our side in, in terms of radio with Mike Shaft yes. because you know that would yeah. pass on, and that happened to Berlin. I mean, but uh, Mike took records like. Um, so nobody else can hear Jimmy oh, Cobb, and he played that on the radio. Nina Simone, he played on the radio. Um, just, just an incredible time and, and an incredible connection. So, uh, talk about the period then after Rafters and uh, the lead up to. What year did you start DJing at the Hacienda? The lead up to the Hacienda was um, there used to be um, another club at the other end of the block where Pips used to be that we call Rufus. That, well, yeah, well, we went, we went from Rafters to, to... The first time I came to Manchester to listen to Mike Shaft, it was in Rufus. Okay. And he was dropping Bambara, Shack Up, and, you know, that, the funkier stuff. Funkier than I was playing at that time. Um, he moved on from there, but eventually John Grant and myself went there. And we started a jazz-only night on a, on a Thursday. Uh, I've got some pictures of that as well, and um, we we start we started. In fact, the Racy's album sticking up in one of my boxes on those wow. pictures. Um, of course, Racy's became a part of, of Berlin, very much a part of Berlin as well. But um, and and then on the Saturday we 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 used to do the, the what was Rafters had now become Rufus, and and down the road just Pips, and right. Pips was a club that I'd heard of where they got a Bowie room, a Soul room, and so tell us about Pips. Well, um, I used to go to Pips quite a lot. Um, I, I knew Salts. Salts introduced me to Pips, and um, he introduced me to the DJ a guy called um, Ian Connor. Um, goes under the nickname of Johnny Washington. Okay. And he took over the Soul Room when Mike left Pips. Okay. And uh, I became friends with him, and he used to toddle off every now and again and he'd leave me a pile of records he said just play these in the order that they're in and that that's all i did i used to play the record that he left there so what kind of music that pips at that it time it was 
it was very early jazz funk. I mean, um, Dale Jacob. Cobra. Yeah, Dale Jacobs Cobra, which which was yeah. Jazz. I mean, we used to do a chart every week, as you know, um, you know, for rafters, and I'll shout out Wadey on that one because they always used to come in to collect the charts <laughs> early doors, <clears throat> and and then people would go into spinning with the chart on a Monday. It'd be like a Chinese restaurant to have a seven, a five, a fifteen, you know. Is but. Dale Jacobs was number one seller on that chart for oh, maybe six weeks. I mean, that was an incredible album that you don't hear nowadays. You no, simply don't that hear was it. The first time I heard that, the Lonely Liston Smith, the Lenny, Hen the Lenny. Um, are we going to say Lenny Henry then? <laughs> Lenny um, wasn't Lenny, Lenny Henry. Was Lenny, Lenny was Lenny White. Lenny White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those type of stuff. I was yeah, playing yeah. those type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I got to know the manager of the club, and what they used to do in Pips is that. Um, they used to, they, they had a room where they made up all the playlists for all the different rooms. Cause yeah, yeah. They had a soul room, they had a Bowie room, they had a heavy rock room, they had a pop room. So they'd have like a brainstorming session and, and build a playlist for each room, yeah? Yes. Okay. And so every DJ would come and walk into the office and pick up the record. Their playlist, yeah. Wow. And, go off. and so if it got to the point where if a DJ didn't turn up, they'd come and say to me... Someone else can stand in. Yeah. And that's what I did. I used to play uh, work. And you know this, that's as far from me as possible because I just walked in and walked <laughs> out. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I used, I used to do the bar room. I used to play um, craft work and, oh, gosh, the, the model. I love the model. And stuff like that. I used to play a birthday party. You know, I, mean, I think, I think yeah, there, there was connections, wasn't there? And particularly with the eventually electronic sound that came into into black music as well. I mean, there's definitely connections from Kraftwerk. Uh, what about the, what about the early jazz funk? Do you remember any of that from from Pips? Yes, no? yes, very much so. I mean, I used to go in there when Mike used to play in there, you know. And then he left, and I stayed there, and Johnny Washington took over, and basically that's how I got into. So, what what kind of records are getting played there? All, all the jazz funk stuff that... that Everything that yeah, we were they, playing, yeah? You were playing over in... So, um, and, and again... Because you, there was you, only you've one place to go for the music. Spinning, that's right. And so, and so that would be shared and, and, yeah. and get all around Manchester at that time. Yeah. We continue. We've got more music. It's uh, 22 minutes after three. Uh, Colin Curtis and Mr. Ewan Clark. I'll tell you about the uh, the gig we're doing down at Shiftless. Also got Lorne Daly's gig to shout out and uh, maybe even a couple of others. Who knows? More music from Mr. Ewan Clark.
shows this afternoon by my very special guest, Mr. Ewan Clark from Manchester. Ian Runyard, hello to you. Vera Mertens over there in Belgium. Hi to you as well. Uh, Andrew Nicholas, Bruce Koreshi, uh down there in Birmingham, of course. One of Birmingham's absolute finest with the uh, liquid and uh, the fusion and all the rest of it. Jeremy Jenkins is finally cracked in and uh, he's a big uh, fan of Caldera as well. Um, looking through, um, you know, just loads of these records uh, the last few days just pulling stuff out just what an incredible armory we had at this period of, of time with a combination of new releases and you know digging through uh, places like Yanks and you know just you know learning everything but I mean we kicked off there with uh, Yambu and uh, that was a track called Caballo wasn't it was that Caballo I know it was a new thing we played off that one sorry yes. um, and that was you know, and Mr Ewan Clark uh, connection uh, Raymond Rodriguez uh, led that band and of course that was written by the incredible Mr Milton Hamilton a guy who started playing his music uh, way back I Love Supreme at Blackpool Mecca uh, he's on piano uh, Ronaldo Alcantara on timbales Manny Rivera on bongos and Jose Gonzalez on congas, Jay Silva on the trumpets and Sam Burtis on trombone. That was Yambu, a great album, Al San Diego Presents on uh, Montuno Records. And then uh, definitely remember that, you know, the connection between, you know, this kind of music and uh, the whole change at Berlin with, with the jazz defectors, particularly uh, Kibono Chant and, you know, the Mambos came in and we got that uh, fantastic stuff. That was Art Blake in the Jazz Messengers uh, with Kibono Chant and and uh, that uh, was an album called Drum Sweet. Got a brilliant seven-inch single, another version of that somewhere, uh, which I'll dig out for future shows. And then we completed the trio there with Sergio Mendes, the incredible Sergio Mendes, uh, Brazil 88. I mean, that, that Sergio Mendes sound and the vocal sound, which became iconic uh, on the Berlin nights, you know, hugely popular right the way through. Um, so let's go all the way back. Um, we were we were on the one end of Fennel Street. We got Rufus at this end, and we had Pips at that. And so, moving from Pips, uh, tell me about Rufus. Rufus, um, I knew the manager of Rufus um, very well. Um, Again, Rufus was owned by Ivor Body. <laughs> was it? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I know you didn't. Really? This is an educational show, not just for not just for the listeners, but ah. even for the guests. Yeah, I would have bought you on Rufus, yeah. And occasionally Gary Davis did come down there to, you know, to cover somebody and do really? some work there, yeah. I yeah. never knew that. Anyway, um, I, we ended up, because I knew the manager really, really well, he used to let us in on a Monday night um, while the club was being cleaned. And basically, it was just somewhere where we could go and practice. So myself and the jazz defectors would go in, I'd bring a, a box of jazz records. Uh, we'd put a tune on and then we'd all jump on the dance floor and work out our moves, you know, ready for Saturday night and stuff like that. Occasionally somebody fell down because they got the move wrong, but nobody laughed. We just got up and carried on. <laughs> and we were doing that for a couple of weeks and people started coming in off the street. I don't know how they found out about it, but people started coming in. And um, there, there was a group of people sat in the corner. Every now and again, one of them would come up to the DJ box and go, Oh, what's that track you playing? Oh, it's the Celebration Suite by Airto. Oh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And then he'd go back in the corner. And um, we got to know them. And they turned out to be what was an amalgamation of Certain Ratio and Kalima. Wow. So they, they used to come in there and, and listen to what we were playing and they were really enjoying it. 
and I got and, to know. And, and of course, pe people involved in that also turned up at Berlin. You, you know, later well, than yes. this, yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. And I got talking to them, and you know, they told me they were in a band and they were on Factory Records, and they were going on their British sort of like university tours. Would I come and support them? And I was like, wow, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so off we went. Um, we took off in one of those classic. Uh, Citrons, you know those. Citrons yeah, they, with, with, with the hydraulics. Yes. Yeah. 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 That that was the tour bus, and we went around different universities all over the place. And uh, the person who was driving them was Anthony Wilson. Wow. Yeah, because he was their manager at the time. The the the, the, the legend that is the Hacienda. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. that's how I got to know him. And uh, you know, we had a conversation where he said, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to be opening up a club in Manchester. I'd like you to DJ there. And that's how I ended up in the Hacienda. It's that simple. It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you, you can refresh my memory, but I mean, I, it was a tough time early, early at the Hacienda, wasn't it? It was a tough time establishing what, what the Hacienda was about, what the yes. music was going to be about. Yes, yes. It, it was very tough. Because I, I, at that time, and it would be around sort of 85, um, I was working at Rock City, and the manager was Paul Mason, the assistant manager was Jonathan Woodliffe, of course DJ as well, big friend of mine, still is. Um, but I remember walking in there one Friday night and Paul saying to me, uh, can you come into the office, just have a word? And he said, I'm moving to Manchester. Um, he said, but I, I, I want to tell you, he said, because I don't I don't want you to be offended. He said, but I'm, I'm taking over a club called La Hacienda. And I don't want to upset you, because, but I'm not going to involve you. You know, you've been involved here, it's been a great success and all that. But he wanted to t take something and change Manchester. Which I think in conversations with uh, Mike Pickering and other people who were within the organisation, uh, you know, sort of brainstorming ideas to eventually come up with what was the Hacienda. But in the end, it was it was dance music that, uh, that yeah. turned the Hacienda into the legend it yeah. became. Mm -hmm. But in those early days, that wasn't the case for you. It not the kind, the that kind of dance music. We had problems with the acoustics, basically. It was an awful place yeah. uh, acoustically. It was like a car park inside with the roof on. Uh, no, it, it, they used to sell uh, boats in there. It was a boat show. Wow. Originally. Wow. So. And they left some black and yellow paint behind, which they yeah. used. Five minutes before it opened, they test the sound system, and they put um, a classical music track on with this soft music and it just filled all the corners in the place and it sounded majestic. Yeah. And after the sound system had been tested, Tony Wilson gave a speech and um, told me to start playing the music and so I started playing stuff that had kick drums in it and as soon as that kick drum hit, it started bouncing. Just ricocheted around the whole place. Ricocheted around and of course, at that time, I mean, if you if you're in the hacienda, you, or if you know the hacienda, you've got the balcony as well. You'd look down on the stage, and to the right of the stage was this, you know, maybe two foot square hole in the wall, yes. and and behind that were you, yes, DJing in DJ there. Was. Nobody knew where it was. No, no nobody could find. Nobody it. knew where the DJ. Was. And it, it was darkened, so I I could see out, but nobody could nobody see. Nobody could see in. Yeah. I could see people walking around. The the dance floor looking for the DJ box coming to ask for uh, And I put up a poster where you and I played down on Tuesday night. I don't think it lasted very long. I mean, it was, it, it was a tough time in those early years to, 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 almost, almost feel your way into the next thing that was going to happen. And, and this is pre-Berlin. This is before yes, Berlin. Yes. In the gap, yes. sort of between rafters and, um, yes. and, and, you know, we've talked about Rufus, we've talked about Pips. 
uh, and we'll talk about some more more music from the Berlin area with Colin Curtis and Neil O'Clock. It's uh, 3.42. We're about just over halfway through. Here's till 5 o'clock on Hitmix Radio 107.5 FM. So I'm gigging for after the next three. And upcoming shows as well.
listening to Colin Curtis's Jazz Dance Fusion. Nothing but the finest jazz dance flavours every week.
the biggest ever record at Berlin, and that came out of Robinson's records, we, as we discussed earlier, but that was the Quartet Trebian with Quartet Trebian. I uh, went all around the world on compilations, and uh, just about everybody ended up uh, knowing that track. But um, unbelievable band, unbelievable time, and that was uh, huge at Berlin. In the middle of those three, of course, we had Ricardo Marrero with his version of the incredible Dave Valentin track, uh, Land of the Third Eye. Um, nicely done on the via Latin label the album's called Time Ricardo Marrera and the group and uh, we kicked off the three as Sebastiano picked up on uh, with the incredible Ed Kelly and friend and this was of course on the same label as um, the original Pharaoh Saunders also uh, the same label as uh, Billy's Ballet which is called Bishop Norman Williams Um, but they all Berlin tracks without a doubt and that is an incredible version of You've Got to Have Freedom uh, those are the three we moved on I'm going to do a little bit of a gig guide as well and uh, remind you uh, if you're in Stoke-on-Trent uh, you can get tickets by going to Skiddle but Freestyling Presents uh, the Tiffany's Revival that's uh, myself Soul Sam John Murphy Pep Tim Ashy Bendy Nige Brown and Barry Malidi Saturday the 14th of October 2023 6pm till 1am at the Allsager Civic Hall 3 Lawton Road Allsager ST72AE if that was your era if that was your era of soul music 60s soul music and uh, touching on 70s of course uh, that's going to be a brilliant night Saturday the 14th of October you can get tickets from uh, Suzanne Pacente from Janet Crow or hit me up on Facebook as well uh, but you can also buy them directly from Skiddle uh, the links are on my page on Janet Crow's page that's Freestyling Presents uh, the Tiffany's Revival, that's at uh, Saturday 14th at All Sager. Uh, 17th of September we'll jump to now, I think. And uh, uh, the 17th of September, I'm going to be down in London with this gentleman who's stuck next to me. Um, I've done Shiftless a few times now, and I can say that the sessions that are currently happening have been absolutely incredible. I know Giles Peterson's been down there, Paul Murphy's been down there, had some amazing guests. But this time, Sunday the 17th, and uh, that is happening at Shiftless Shuffle. Jazz Architect presents uh, the one only Mr. Perry Louis and from Manchester, Mr. Colin Curtis and Mr. Ewan Clark. And that is uh, 229, um, that's Great Portland Street in London, and uh, you can get along there. You can also get tickets if you go uh, onto Perry's page or onto my page, you can get the link to, to buy advanced tickets. But they are moving quickly. I'll give you an update on that on my page on Monday or Tuesday, uh, updated from Perry. But that's Sunday the 17th. And it's a no-miss, uh, kicks off uh, early doors as well. Uh, so don't miss that. Um, I think we kick off about 2 o'clock, uh, maybe even 12 o'clock, yes. Uh, Shipless Shuffle, Sunday the 17th with myself. And then uh, we move on to another gig that uh, I like to keep featuring because he does a brilliant job down there in Andover. Uh, and that is the one and only Mr. Lorne Daly. Um, and of course, if you are a heavyweight dancer, it's do what you're going to do. Uh, not for the faint-hearted, absolutely isn't. But even if you've got a faint heart, go along and sit on a chair. Uh, but it's the Woodstock Suite, the Central Club, East Street, Andover, SP10, 1PE. It's free admission, but you must get your name on the guest list, and you can do that by contacting Lorne Daly. That's L-O-R-N-E. D-A-L-E-Y is on Facebook. Drop him a message, uh, give him your names and uh, I'm sure he'll accommodate that for do what you're going to do. And that's happening, as I say, uh, down in Andover. That's Saturday, the 2nd of September, which is next Saturday, 2023. And that's from 6 o'clock until 1 o'clock in the morning. And I can tell you, you just from the videos, what an incredible, incredible session that is. Uh, We've got more music to come and more, more tales of what goes on. Uh, behind the scenes at Berlin and uh, we've kind of got almost up to uh, where 
Ewan and I get together at Berlin and we'll talk about that as we go along and uh, in the meantime I think we'll have a little bit of um, Calceda and Colman McRae <laughs> Cup of sorrow, love can be a lie. Love can make you wake tomorrow and sigh. Love can be a snow-capped mountain. Love can be the truth. Love can be an endless fountain of youth. Tingles down to my feet when you 
smile that's much too discreet sends me on my way Wouldn't it be better not to be so polite You could offer a light Start a little conversation now, it's alright Just take five, just take five
again as we are today on uh, the Club Berlin in Manchester, 1985, 86, uh, touch on 87. And uh, three tracks together just highlighting the huge talent of uh, Carmen McRae and the role she played in that club. Uh, Calchada and Carmen McRae kicking us off with a track called Love. And uh, then we moved into Carmen McRae with the incredible Dave Brubeck, Take 5. And of course, the huge success for Jasmine Records when uh, they released the Golden Brown version of Take 5, which is incredible. I remember it's, you know, just before Paul told me he was going to do that, seeing the uh, the YouTube video. And uh, I think he's done four or 5,000 of that uh, on 7-inch now, which is absolutely incredible and great stuff. Uh, and don't you worry about a thing. Um, that tied us up with uh, Caltrader and uh, Carmen McRae. Uh, three tracks to put that together, but we go back to Mr. Ewan Clark from Manchester. And uh, we, we are now... We're in the Hacienda, so um, let, let's jump a little bit forward and, and tell us how we managed to get to the position of, of doing Berlin on a Tuesday night. I, there used to be a record I used to play in the Hacienda by a band called Implog, uh, called Holland Tunnel Dive. I used to use it to test the sound system, because I think I was trying to blow the sound system up. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> so they got a proper one, one. basically. <laughs> um, it, quite a lot of people liked it. And I remember I was approached at one point, I um, can't remember his name, the DJ who was playing the Saturday night at Berlin, mm -hmm. because it was kind of like an alternative club. On yes, it was, yeah. That's why it was all black inside, <laughs> and everything. Well, the, the, the pentangle dance floor, the other pentagon, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it was all pentangle like the devil rides out, yeah. Yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> and basically, he, he wanted to borrow the record to play in the clubs. And I remembered him from Pips, and um, I lent him the record. Never got it back, ever. What's um, usual? But during that conversation of, you know, lending him the records, he said to me, um, would I be interested in doing a night down at the Berlin? Mm -hmm. um, because he thought I was a name, you know, working for the Hacienda. Well, he was right. And... Um, I would draw some people into the club. And I remember me and you have had conversation because you were actually saying that you, you would like... Do you remember us having that conversation where you were saying you were looking for some somewhere else? Because yeah, to get back into Manchester. I mean, we, we tried a couple of things and, yeah. and, and it was, it was quite, quite difficult after Rafters to, mm -hmm. to establish anything yeah. else, yeah. And so I thought of that and I thought, wow, this would be an ideal opportunity and so I said I know somebody who would be you know better qualified to do the night and I told you about it mm -hmm. and that's how you got into it but you were probably approached by the doorman at the time because um, they had several people who were out looking for DJs to come in and do something in the club and that was basically how, how you got in I told you about it you don't remember it not not specifically no, but but I mean yeah vaguely I do I, I, I certainly remember, yeah I do I do think that one well, we one just, of the doors we just start. had the conversation you know Colin there's a club yeah you yeah know, yeah and 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 you knew at that time that I was I was looking to you know to get something back into Manchester um, but I yeah I, I don't think I knew at, at that point just what a fantastic time we'd have and 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 the way it developed mm -hmm. musically developed and just opened it up I mean as you say you would play I would get there and probably do another three four hours and and that just allowed me to open my mind and, 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 and because we built up between us a trust a trust with the people we've mentioned, you know, a lot of the influential people who came there and, and, and went on doing their own thing. But but you know, taking something from Berlin I think, um, you know, whether it was 
jazz juice, whether it was Chris Bang's Jazz Peterson, whether it was um, we had, well we, we had we had Maze in there. We had Maze in there one night. Not Frankie Beverly himself, but Maze had been playing at the Apollo. Yeah. Uh, we had, of course, we've already mentioned Mick Hockney. We had the Thompson Twins. You know, different people were coming in because there was there was just something about that particular night. It it, it, it was people of all denominations, and uh, it was just you know. But the vibe in there was friendly. There was no hassle. It was it was just great. And uh, in, in the early days, of course, the microphone was rubbish, and I'd just stop the record and then shout because you know, because you weren't on the same level as the dancers. Yeah. But uh, as you said, for me, I think the catalyst of it all was getting women in there and getting women dancing. You know, with that, that Sergio Mendes, that samba thing, that whole Brazilian thing, and big thanks to Franco, who used to go back to Brazil and bring his fantastic Brazilian records back, you know, and, you know, Ed Lincoln, all, all those early things that just were just absolutely incredible, you know, the gimmicks. We, we, we had so, so much ammunition at that time. I think, uh, you know, that coupled with, you know, people... You know the people we were pulling in anyway on a regular basis were definitely open-minded and looking looking to take something away from that. You know Dean Johnson. Uh, eventually, I think a lot of what Dean Johnson started to do in Manchester and then eventually at Parker's, of course. Parker's, yes. You know he, he was just mixing up those styles, and um, I think that very much became part of uh, and a respect uh, to what happened at Berlin. We've got three more choices coming your way now from you and Clark. Uh, the first of which uh, was one he reminds me. Uh, it's a kind of end of the night when we've done. Nobody wants to go home, and so let's drop this, eh?
all been done before things like hope joy love love is the one thing
magic Listen to the message of the song John Coltrane Glad you came along People around the world Love Coltrane's music Young cats play his sounds He lives forevermore Trains play love and magic Melodies so clear The news will prove you Relax, dig the sounds of Coltrane's music Coltrane fills your heart with love and harmony Train, play love and magic Listen to the melodies And you will see more When you hear the message of the song
sounds he lives forevermore Train play love and magic melody So clear the music will groove you Relax, dig the sounds of Coltrane's music Coltrane fills your heart with love and harmony Train play love and magic Listen to the melodies And you will see momently Two more picks from you and Clark on this uh, Berlin 2 special. We will do a Berlin 3 special and um, we'll get only for that as well but we'll also do a Berlin Soul special uh, which will be on, I think on a Friday rather than uh, a Sunday but uh, I'll keep you posted. Uh, we kicked off with a track that you and reminded me played kind of at the end of the night uh, quite often uh, well not that often but definitely memorable. Uh, the Incredible Secrets from the Sun album and that was Joe Lee Sorry, yeah, Joe Lee Wilson and a brilliant track called uh, Come and See, a Sparrow Singing Jazz. Just absolutely evocative and absolutely brilliant. And uh, that's, again, on the Magical Inner City label. We then continued with what was a jazz dance classic, started off in Birmingham and then spread around the world. And I know that's one that uh, Bruce has picked up on and also I know that uh, the man himself, uh, Malcolm pa <laughs> Stretch Patrick, definitely part of. Merry go round. Uh, Telemasahino and I'll share that also Paul Murphy on that as well Double Rainbow uh, which came out as a double a double gatefold sleeve and a single sleeve and, uh, and we've got both in the studio today uh, and then Pharaoh Saunders and which reminds me of course of the complimentary track by you Mr Luba Reshik on Erect uh, but that's Moments Notice taken from Pharaoh Saunders' Rejoice album uh, I remember you know he, he was talking in an interview the other day Paul Murphy about uh, you know getting those albums in stock for the first time he'd never heard of Pharaoh Saunders at that point so it just showed everybody has to start somewhere and then explode in the world. That's exactly what Mr. Murphy did, as we did at Berlin. So uh, let's go back then. So we've started Berlin, and uh, what, what what are your thoughts at that point? I mean, and how did the jazz defectors get involved? And and anyone, any other names you could drop in there? How did they get involved with Berlin? How did they just just coming along? Was it? I mean, yeah, was that was that a lead on from the friendship you got with, with them on the Monday time. nights? I was running around with them at the time. I was, okay. you know, I was basically sort of like a member, but not a member of the Jazz Defectors, because they they knew my collection. Yeah. Um, and I used to have a flat in in Old Trafford with a massive bedroom, <laughs> and we used to meet in there one night a week, and we used to move the carpet back, and we used to practice. <laughs> all their new moves and stuff before they took them out to the clubs and stuff like that. So, um, you know, when they found out that Berlin was opening, it's obvious that they were going to come down to the yeah. place. And it, it was just perfect for them, you know, they could show off. That's right. I, I love the way they danced. Yes. I, I love the way they I, th I think everybody did. I, th I think, you know, the boyerism involved there was, was, was all positive. I mean, there was nobody waiting for it to end. I mean, it, it became very much a part of the night, you know, the uniqueness of what they did. Um, but what do you know about them eventually hooking up and becoming part of the film Absolute Beginners? What do I and also, they went to Japan, didn't they? Yeah, they, they went to Japan. They did really well. You know, they went to Japan, they um, made the film Absolute Beginners. They, they did quite a lot. At one stage when they were touring, well, Mark Swaby said they asked me to come along with them and I turned them down. I have no memories of it before. <laughs> I, have, I have no memories. But they, they did very well. Um, I actually think they could have been bigger. Yes. 
Again, again, that's that's about management, and it's also about opportunities, with, particularly with record companies that you know people plowing the money in to move them around the world. But uh, you mentioned they hooked up with someone in Japan, and who, who may have some photographs of Berlin. Yeah, Koichi, Koichi Hanifusa, Koichi Hanifusa. Um, he sort of like took a shine to them, and when they got to Japan, he kind of like toured around with them and showed them a bit of Japan and introduced them to people and stuff. And he's still on my Facebook page. But um, I remember him actually coming down to Berlin and taking some photographs. I know he definitely took a photograph of Annie Vakinola getting changed in the DJ box. I have got that uh, <laughs> photo. I think it might have been in a face magazine from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was at that time. I mean, I was approached by Face Magazine, ID Magazine. You know, lots of people had, had suddenly become interested. And, and, you know, some of the artists that you've talked about before... Um, you know, they they were going down to London as well. The, the thing was starting to open up and um, with what was happening in London, um, you know, definitely, it, it it was that combination of fashion, dance and, and music, wasn't it? I mean, it was an incredible combination at the yeah. time. And so those magazines were lapping that up. I remember doing a, a piece for the Observer Sunday magazine, in fact, you know, and talking about, you know, what, what was going on with the, with the development of jazz at that but time. But I, I felt that London was just basically trying to copy what we were doing in Berlin on a Tuesday night. So I, they, I, I think, I think, I think there's a few honest that. people who would admit that, but I'm not sure that would be the overall picture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they had anybody in London that danced the way the jazz defected did. They were, they were no, I don't think so. As I say, you know, and, and you've already said yourself, I mean, I mean for me, you know, because you know, DJing is about you're taking stuff on board, visualising what's what happening in other clubs and certain DJs would always attract me and, and, and you know, they would take chances and, and also, um, you know, you think, see things happening on the dance floor and I think, you know, part of Jazz Defector style definitely came from Birmingham, you know, that, that, that first, oh, yeah, first crew in Birmingham. The yeah. second crew was yeah. led to London yeah. and that big connection with, as you say, the Steppers and all the rest of it with the Spats and uh, you've got, you know, your Malcolm Stretch Patricks and Gillies and all, all the people that, you know, that was part of what I call the second phase of, of Jazz Dancing. The first phase, I think influenced things that were happening in London, but there wasn't a direct connection like there was where Jazz Defectors had seen these guys because we brought them to Manchester, brought them to Smarties, I brought them to Blackpool Mecca for an all day. Uh, they call themselves Expansions, and, and we just cleared the whole floor and the whole the whole of the venue that day. You know, 1,500 people were just watching. Uh, they did two routines and they called themselves wow. Expansions, and that okay. was. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got a few photographs of that day actually. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and and also. The Birmingham guys, very, very top-end fashion at that time, and also top-end hairstyles. I mean, yes. very much in that higher players' uh, <laughs> hairstyles uh, trend. Um, but I remember them coming up and dancing in, in Smarties, and they got the dungarees and all the rest of it, and they, they actually put some black tights over their heads, and yes. that changed, you know, the, influ the influence of people in Manchester, and, 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 and that took Manchester on another phase as well. And yeah. um, I remember the fallout from that. Quite a lot of people were talking about that. Yeah. No, there was, there was definitely some fallout, positive and negative. Positive. Yeah, but a lot of positive. Um, you know, I, I mean that. You know, for a Sunday night, and I've said before. I mean, Sunday night. I remember one Sunday night, uh, uh, Frank Worthington, the English footballer, leaning on the DJ stand and saying, "No, oh, I like this stuff." And it, uh, he came back a couple of weeks later, and he got two hot pepper albums under his arm that he wanted to play some hot pepper. And he was absolutely right. We absolutely would. We continue. We got about just. Under 20 minutes to go, but uh, a little bit more of Berlin magic.
And by the way, have you forgotten to say where you live? What's your name? What you do? In case you're free, we can go, you and me, to the zoo. And may I ask you what you do with your days, with your nights, with your time, with your life? Suppose I dare to ask, what are you doing tonight? If you were free, I can lend you these wings for a fly. But yet I could swear I have seen you before But if you're scared of my boat I can take you ashore Or would you rather catch the wind That grows steady and pulls to the high open sea You are the force that irresistible might That creates in me the power of flight We are kites in the sky, in the sky, in the sky You and me, you and I I get a flash of her thigh like a spy in the sky I see the heavenly thighs in the skies, in the skies There with the sea meets the sky, you and me, you and I Suppose I give you this rose and you give me a kiss Suppose we take off our clothes and we plunge in the sea And just as with a kiss, the petite bourgeoisie That creates in me the power of light We are kites in the sky, in the sky, in the sky You and me, you and I I see the heavenly thighs in the skies, in the skies There with the sea meets the sky, you and me, you and I
through more choices from Mr Ewan Clark. We've got about 10 minutes, just under 10 minutes to go, but um, we kicked off with, with a guy who became an integral part through his vocal on Milestones, Raw and all the rest of it, and then he put out this album on Muse, uh, which is of course the one and only Mr late, great Mark Murphy. Uh, the album's called Viva Brazil, and uh, that was a track, of course, entitled Two Kites, and uh, just absolutely unbelievable stuff. Uh, Beaver Brazil, of course, are the band who backed him on that, and uh, that's still available on Muse. And in fact, I put that on my first compilation, Colin Curtis Jazz Dance Fusion Volume 1, as we featured the Muse label right the way through. We then moved on, as Chris Lazarus picked up on, uh, to the great man himself, Stanley Turrentine. Uh, the album Sugar Man on CTI. CTI just got these classic covers, and I know that uh, Chris Bangs likes them. He, he copied and put his latest album, Firebird. Uh, but Stanley Turrentine uh, with a incredible version of Beer Cruise and a uh, nice track on there called Pieces of a Dream. I wonder uh, if that could ever turn into the name of a group, do you think? Pieces of a Dream, possibly. Um, and then uh, we're back with that label again, Inner City Records and um, Lighter Than Air. I know I'll put this one out to the late, fantastic Mr. GM Bear. I know it was one of his favourites and I remember talking to him about it uh, down at Shuffle Shuffle on one of the sessions when he was DJing on Evans and Tradewinds and uh, I see you've got an Italian version of that as well which we'll, we'll dig out for a future show again. Uh, that was of course Samba Time and uh, again, as I say, in the City Records and memories of the great, great Mr G M Bear. So, we're going down to London on um, Sunday the 17th. Looking forward to that. Are you bringing the Manchester Posse with you? I'm bringing, I think, six of them. That's brilliant. That's yep. all that can fit in the car that I'm going to hire. Bring them now. <laughs> all, all dressed up a la Jazz Defectors 1986. <laughs> no, no, no. None of them are in the memory of the Jazz Defectors. They're all fling foot boys. And, um, and, and to your knowledge, where are, where are the Jazz Defectors now? Where are those guys now, today? Uh, they're still alive. Um, oh no, they'll kill me. I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> they're, they're, they're still around. Um, yeah. Slightly a bit fatter. Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark came down to see me at Spiritland uh, in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's more mature, I would say. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a teacher now. He, Is he? You know, he, he worked in a school. He's he doing really well. Yeah. Um, Barrington Wilkes, he, he's still around. He's you know put on a little bit of weight because they're not dancing anymore. No. You know what I mean? They're not burning the energy off. He, mm -hmm. you know, he's got a family, wife children and everything they're, they're just living in but well, they, they were just part of a magical time in Manchester at that point yes, uh, and, yes, and you know as yes. as were the you know the Birmingham dancers for me and yes. then Nottingham yes. uh, you know the, for, for me that was you know, you know along you know, touching in Leeds touching in Bradford uh, and even up there in Scotland but um, you know without a doubt um yeah, for me, it's it started in Birmingham. What I saw on that Monday night in Chaplin's, and, and even you, ironically, in a parallel world, have talked about a Monday night, you know, working with these guys in uh, in Fennel Street in in, in the old Rufus. Yeah. I used to do the, uh, the jazz session on Thursday night, and uh, some of the Manchester United players used to come down just to watch, I think, and have a, have a drink, and then watch these dancers, because it was incredible, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and uh, I mean... The jazz dancing was unique at that time, and, and there was a lot of fantastic individuals who would come, you know, tooled up to the to the eyeballs with whatever was in the hold or whatever magic bits they needed to put it all together. But it wasn't just made up on the spot. There was a lot of thought, a lot of process going into the dancing. That was one of the magic of Berlin, you see. Um, a lot of people used to come into Berlin who came to dance, and a lot of people came in to watch and learn. 
basically. I think so, and 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 as you said, that was that was all on a positive tip. I mean, we described earlier on the show about you know the original uh, jazz dance circles that appeared at all dayers and things like that. Whereas you know you could probably only run that fifteen, twenty minutes, three, maybe four records. Sometimes uh, became very difficult. Of course, all the DJs then started to focus on that, and even Greg Wilson got involved in that a little bit. Yeah. You know, going around that that particular circuit at the time. Um, but I, I think for me. A magical time at Berlin, and you and Clark, thank you for coming in and sharing some of your memories. I know you've got plenty more, but we'll definitely get you back along with Anif and maybe someone else, yes. maybe even one of the jazz defectors next time. Uh, but we will also do with you a, uh, a, a Berlin Soul show, mm-hmm. and then we can talk a little bit more about the past. So, for you now, what are you doing nowadays? I'm a full time carer, um, care for both my parents. Okay, that's what I do every now and again. I'll get a night off, I'll go and DJ somewhere. Yeah. But basically, I'm a carer. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I've moved into the digital... Have you still got your own radio show? Oh, yeah, I still have my own radio show. And uh, that's on... That's on Sunset... Oh, God, did you hear me then? I was just going to say Sunset Radio. You were? No, it's Legacy. Legacy it's Legacy Radio, radio uh, FM. It used to be Peace FM in Manchester. Yeah. I do... Uh, and that's gettable on the internet, yeah? Hmm? And that's a Tuesday night, isn't it? Yes, it's Tuesday night, it's 9 till midnight. Um, I play soul, I play jazz, I just play what I'm feeling, basically. But um, I've not learned how to upload it yet, I'm not that... Not that tech? Well, I need to teach you. I need to teach you so people can listen as well. Particularly on the day. Sorry? I still go... Yeah, I know you are. But but there's nothing wrong with that. It still records and then you can put it out digitally. People laugh at me. <laughs> when I turn up so, so you're in the same queue as Perry Louie and Nicosia <laughs> and everybody else who still plays vinyl. Not a worry. Big shout out to the chat room today. Big shout out to everybody. Don't forget this will be available on download in about 24 hours' time, maybe a little bit longer. But we can't finish or, or complete a Berlin uh, show without including this lady from Brazil. Uh, and I'll catch you next Sunday. Next Sunday, back to everything that's new. And I've got plenty of it. So uh, we'll see you then. From Colin Curtis and everybody at Hitmix 107.5. Don't forget, I'll see you next Sunday at 2 o'clock. Take care.